Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. But before we jump in the conversation, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. If there are patterns in your life that are causing you to feel stuck or that are getting in the way of you reaching your goals, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will evaluate your needs and then match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can connect with in a convenient, safe, and private online environment. You can send your therapist a message anytime and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses and you can start communicating within 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions with your counselor. And it really matters to the team at BetterHelp that you achieve a great therapeutic match. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. They have therapists that specialize in a wide variety of disciplines, including self-esteem or family challenges, stress, grief, and more, which means they have someone who knows how to help you with exactly what you're going through. This isn't self-help and it's not a crisis hotline, but BetterHelp offers convenient, professional, affordable counseling and everything you share is confidential. I want you to start living a healthier life today. As one of my friends, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over a million people, including many of our friends here who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. Our friend Christine Kane is back. She was on episode 82, so it's been a while since she was here. But she is back. Her new book, How Did I Get Here? Finding Your Way Back to God When Everything is Pulling You Away comes out on June 10th. Y'all know Chris. She is an Australian-born, Greek-blooded lover of Jesus, sought-after international preacher, author, and activist. You know, she created and founded the A21 campaign together with her husband, Nick, and actually was a recipient of the Mother Teresa Memorial Award for their work combating human trafficking among refugees. She also founded Propel Women, which is an organization designed to celebrate every woman's passion, purpose, and potential. Also, coming up on June 10th, when you're finished with this conversation and you want more of Christine Kane, which I get, June 10th, there is a live stream event. I'm there. Carlos Whitaker's there. Torin Wells is there. You can get your ticket at howdididigethereabook.com. So make sure you join us on June 10th. And here's today's conversation with my friend, Christine Kane. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Come on. I am fired up to be with you, Annie. I love you. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Thank you. I love you so much. This is such a treat. We're diving all the way in on how did I get here. I have read (laughs) enough of it to have... It's already messed me up. Yeah. So I I want you to tell me the goal. What's the goal here? Is the goal that we make a different decision today? Is the goal that we're 90 and still walking with Jesus? Like, what do you want? Yeah, that that, that is my goal is that up until our very last breath that we cross that finish line and that we all hear, well done, good and faithful Mm. servant. And, um, you know, I'm 55 uh, this year, Annie. And so it's, I'm thinking I've got less, I believe I'm going to live a long and flourishing life, but I've got less time ahead of me than I've got behind me. And so I'm looking at everything through the lens of like, are we going to make it? And when I get to a point that, you know, I hit 50, been serving Jesus for 30 years on the front lines, loving it, mm-hmm. uh, loving it, being given awesome opportunity and then finding myself at a place where I'm thinking, I might just take my foot off the pedal. The, the price yeah. is too high. Yeah. I mean, this is costly. This hurts. And if 
I keep going. Here's the challenge when you've been doing this thing for 30 years, you know it costs. Right. And so when I'm like, how did I get here was like, when I was young and like, come on, let's go do, mm-hmm. let's take charge hell with a water pistol. Let's go do this for Jesus. You were a little bit ignorant of like the pain involved, the loss, the grief, the suffering, the frustration, mm-hmm. the dying to self, crucifying your flesh, all these things like, you know, and then you get to my age and you're like, if I keep going, like, you know, foot on the pedal, full on for Jesus yeah. all the way this is going to cost. Mm. And in fact, in the world in which we're living in, I'm going to feel that cost. It, it, it's going to hurt. It's going to cost relationships. Um, it's going to cost things that I want to do. It's going to cost mm. comfort or ease. And I, I got to a point with, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. And so you go like, how did I get here? And I think a thousand times a day in different ways, we're all like, how did I get here? Right. And right. Um, we, we get there. And that's really to me that I thought if, if I could be in my midlife, and hit there with, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the finish line. Mm-hmm. Imagine at 20 and 30, um, if we don't implement some of this stuff into our lives now, mm-hmm. then you're not even going to hit this midlife crisis because you won't be attacked. You would have drifted by the time you're 50 that you're not even asking the question anymore. Yes, yes. One of the things that makes me insane is when people talk about how they have lost their connection with God, how they don't, they, they're more confused. They feel like things are changing, but they don't read their Bible every day. Yeah, totally. It's like, um, <gasps> you know, gee, I've lost connection with my husband. No, I haven't talked to him yeah. for six months and yeah. I haven't, I, I have people, I'm just yes. being tongue in cheek. Um, but that's exactly what we expect uh, from God that somehow we we're do connected nothing. to a God that we yes. do nothing. And that's what I say. All you have to do to drift is nothing, yes. nothing. Yes. And so, um, you, you don't even have to go and have a big backslide. Like back in the day, we used to think, man, I'm going to go sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't even need to do that. Just do nothing. Don't read your Bible. Don't pray. Don't go to church. Don't talk to Christian friends. Don't read a Christian book. Don't listen to a podcast. Don't do anything. And I promise you, it's just a matter of months and you will have drifted. And suddenly you'll be going... I don't, I don't really sense God anymore, Annie. Mm. I, I don't really. And I'm like, have you opened up your Bible? And um, it, it is amazing for a generation that has had m- the most access to the Word of God ever in the history of ever. the church in 2,000 years, we're probably the most biblically illiterate generation. Mm. And that God. that is so challenging because to me, the Word of God was my lifeline. When mm. I got saved, I got saved and then... I got introduced to the Word of God and it is my lifeline. Like Mm -hmm. it is my lifeline. And um, praying, praying to God is not an option to me. I mean, it's not always pretty, but I'm talking to him one way or another. (laughs) Sometimes it might be like, you know, crying to him, yelling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It might be like whatever it is, but I'm talking to God every day in some way, shape or form. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I've never been much of a, this is what it looks like. I've always been very careful when it comes to my own personal intimate relationship with God, because how that looks in different seasons looks different. Um, you know, my husband and I have been married for 25 years. Our intimacy is not the same pattern every single night. And mm-hmm. I always say my intimacy with God is the same way. There's a lot of variety. There's yeah. a lot. Of, it's, it's different. We mix it up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm connecting. My point mm-hmm. is that in some way, shape or form, I'm connecting through prayer as frustrating as, um, you know, the church is for all of us in different ways, shapes or form. I'm still gathering. There's something yeah. that, that happens when we gather together, when we stay connected. And I certainly think this pandemic uh, season has strengthened that for me um, in a way that, you know, had I had any doubt, mm. 
uh, getting back together and gathering with people. I'm like, oh no, oh no, this this is this is not just what I do out of some religious obligation. This is like a lifeline. Yes. This thing is real. I woke up yesterday before church, and that verse I didn't know where it was. I had to look it up. But the verse in Psalms that said, "I was glad when they said, oh, let's go to the house of the Lord." From stage, I said, "I'm going to write a new verse. I'll be double glad when they say, let's go to a crowded house Come of the on, Lord.'" Come on, yes, I can't wait to be socially distanced. <laughs> I feel the same way. It's like right now, I'll take you every other row and yeah. six feet apart, and but um. But, you know, I realized some of those things that this is not just a religious practice out of some sort of obligation. And I know, especially on this podcast, you guys talk so much about practices and mm-hmm. the importance of it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm utterly convinced. It's it's a lifeline. It's yes. the links in the chain that keep us connected to the anchor, that keep us connected to hope, which is Jesus, is this hope we have. Yes. There's such a lack of hope because we're not connected. We're not anchored to hope, which is Jesus. And the, just like an anchor, it doesn't stay connected to a boat arbitrarily. It's got to have a chain that links it. Right. And so if we throw away every link on the chain, we go, prayer doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't matter. Going to church doesn't matter. Uh, you know, all these things don't matter. All these basic spiritual disciplines don't matter. You've got nothing connecting you to the mm-hmm. anchor anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why you've drifted. Right. So then you <laughs> have all these questions. And I do too. I yeah. have so many questions about what's going on in the world and in my life. I have so many concerns. I have hurt going on. If I did not make myself read the Bible, sometimes yeah. it's all, all I can make myself do is listen. Yeah, me too. Listen to an audiobook. Yeah. Father Mike Schmitz, read me the Bible yeah. once a day. But I know myself, Chris, if I don't do that, I'm a goner. I'm a goner. Yeah. And I am literally the truth. You know, I, uh, you know, some people might think I've like memorized the Bible, therefore I uh-huh. never need to read. And I'm like, y'all, I am literally one thought away <laughs> at any time from spiraling out of control. And I think that season 2017, 2018 just showed me how close to the edge I am. And if after 30 years that's where I am. I got no trust in my flesh and no yeah. trust in myself. That's basically what I'm saying. No, yeah. no, no trust in, in anything um, but Jesus. And yes. that, you know, I, I thought that was the case, but I'm absolutely certain that is the case now. Um, and as I come into this, when I say home stretch, I hope my home stretch will be 40 years, sure. but whatever it's going to be, I realize more than ever that drifting is, uh, it's, the default setting for every one of us, no longer how long we've walked with Jesus. Wow. I think we need to hear that because we think about our grandmothers yeah, and we think about our granddaughters yep. and all of our default setting is to drift. It will. All of us. It, it, we all, that's the default setting. And I think you, you look at that in anything. Um, you know, your health drifts if you don't look yep. after it, fitness, your car, just don't maintain it. Like, so we're not <laughs> saying about doing anything bad. We're just saying, don't do anything. The default setting is that mm-hmm. it's no longer going to run. Our relationships, we do nothing to enhance them. The default setting is they're going to drift. Like, yep. it's just the default setting. Well, it's the same with the Lord. I think, you know, one sinner's prayer um, is not the thing that's going to keep us connected to God for the rest mm-hmm. of our life. There's, a, And I think the Lord has set it up like this. Because we're filled with, we're saved, all of us that are believers, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but you have to follow him and walk with him Mm. day by day. There Mm. is a proactive uh, thing you have to do to stay connected so that you don't drift. And those spiritual practices that we do and, you know, call them whatever you like. But, you know, I've, I've unpacked the things in this book that have kept me connected to Jesus. I think I'm a 55-year-old woman that has walked with the Lord and different people know me from different ways, whether it's A21, whether it's Propel, whether it's my preaching or teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but all that aside, I'm a human being that wakes up every day 
that that wants to make it. Mm-hmm. I wants to. I want to make it every mm-hmm. day. I, I, if I can go to bed at night, Annie, and I'm still walking close with Jesus, and I'm married to Nick, and my kids like me, I'm really happy. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, to me, that's yeah. like the goal, and I want to fulfill the great commission. I want to do what God has put me on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. But I, in my own strength and my own gift mix and my own talent mix, I don't, ha- I don't have it in me. That, that's the yeah. thing, 2017, 2018. I just don't have it in me. Yeah. I need God. And I need to stay so connected to Jesus um, through the basic spiritual disciplines every single day. And I need to do it when I don't want to. Mm. And it's so easy that sometimes, you know, pain causes us to drift because it's just everything hurts. And you're like, you know, maybe you're disappointed with God and you're like, I can't come close to you, God, you let me down, you know, whatever that might be. Um, Pressure sometimes causes us to drift. You know, you could be 55 and have a heck of a lot of peer pressure um, and you're drifting because all your friends around you are drifting and you're like, you know what, what they said makes sense. And what they, you're like, I I think that too. And I've just watched this YouTube and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's deconstructed 25 things and this really makes sense. So pressure can cause you to drift, but comfort can cause you to drift too. And I think the comfort of just your... um, normal Christian life, mm-hmm. um, that will lead to drifting. I think God has made it to the fact that we have got to regularly be on our knees. And I know some people are just not going to be into this because they're going to go, Chris, it can't be that hard. Maybe I'm just an intense person. I don't know. But I, um, I have found myself way more post 50 on my knees going, I don't want to do this, God. Mm. But nevertheless, not my will. I don't want to say this because it's people are not going to like me if I say this, yeah. but nevertheless, not yeah. my will. I don't want to go there because I'm really comfortable. I'm like in my mid fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go on cruise control a bit. I've done a lot, you know, in the last 30 years, but nevertheless, not my will. I can't tell you any, how much that is my prayer more frequently than anything else nowadays, because a lot of what I do, the excitement's gone out of it when I was younger. And you're like, Man, this opportunity, what was once an opportunity for me pretty much has become a responsibility now. What was once like this open door of opportunity and excitement, like when you're young and has become a discipline now. It's Mm -hmm. something that I Mm -hmm. do. I stopped asking myself a long time ago how I feel about it. a lot of things. People are like, Chris, you're going to get on this plane, you're going to go to this place. How do you feel? I go, I stopped asking myself a long time ago mm. how I feel about packing or how I feel about right. delayed flights or how I feel about another hotel bed or how I feel about um, having to, you know, stay right there in the middle and hold the line when a whole lot of people that I love perhaps are, are, are taking different – I've asked myself – I've stopped asking myself because if I ask myself too much – how I feel about it, well, how I feel about it, <laughs> uh, I don't want to do it. Yes, yes. So things that I would have killed to do, you know, uh, it, it would have been so awesome 20 years ago, uh, it, it don't have that same enamorment for me now. Mm. I do it out of obedience to God. I do it for the next generation. I do mm-hmm. it out of, um, you know, steadfastness and commitment to the Lord, not because I feel like it. And there's a lot of things that the Lord asks me to do, to say, places to go, that I don't feel like it. Mm. And I have to say, nevertheless, not my will. By the time done. you're done with the event or the conference or the conversation or whatever, do you think 
that was worth it? Or do, are there times you go, that was obedience? That was obedience more yeah. than not. You yeah. know, I've got um, 13 A21 officers around the world and it's not like I'm I, – I have that same excitement every time if, if we're looking at excitement or passion, uh, visceral reactions or mm -hmm, feelings because mm -hmm. we're, we're just so driven by yes, what I feel yes. like doing. And sometimes I think we, we term things the Holy Spirit. You know, I just don't feel like we're blaming the Holy Spirit. And I'm Pentecostal, you know, and I'm like, I'm like you're all blaming the Holy Spirit for way too much. Right. That, that's just indigestion, bad pizza or laziness. Right. That's not the Holy Ghost. Right. Um, but uh, it, it's not that I'm lying awake night going, I feel like opening another office because uh, I know what comes with that. The yes. staff issues, the responsibility, the resource that has to be raised to make that happen, working with governments, working with law enforcement, working with schools, working with red tape, working with it, – it, it is more responsibility. Mm. Um, so it is not a matter – the first one is awesome and I feel like doing that because a lot of that's fun and it's, I know everybody. Well, I, I've got over 160 staff. I don't know everybody. Yes. I don't um, meet everybody. There's a, there's a lot more opportunity for things to go wrong that I don't have control over but, but I'm going to be responsible for because mm -hmm. my name's on it and I'm who you're going to read about, nobody else. Like right. you know, So you sit there and go, oh, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's a, a lot of weight that comes with that. Mm -hmm. but, now, but do I want big picture? the gospel to go forth. Yes. Do I want big picture, people to be rescued, people to be reached, people to be restored? Do I want people to be saved? Do I want people to be delivered? Do I want to be people to be healed? Yes. So I'm going to do what I don't feel like doing mm. so that those things will come to pass. Mm -hmm. So that comes down to yet again, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Yes. Okay, Chris, one of the things in my personal life you and I have talked about is that recently I have felt the Lord kind of inviting me like, what if the gospel goes farther if I if you do my will versus your will? Yeah. <laughs> and and what if that costs you what you want? And so it has grieved me yeah. deeply to to go like, but that's not what I want. Yeah. Talk to our friends listening. And, and me, if you can correct me in this at any point, you have you know no. this. I mean, I'll say this on mic, but you know off mic, you always have permission <laughs> yeah. to correct me in any way. How do we know it's God and not us making our lives harder? How do we know when it's him saying my will doesn't match what you're desiring and I I need if you want to I'm inviting you to choose my will. Yeah, and I think that's a great question. Now, let me just say for people like you and I, the, the lens through which we look at life and God and our faith generally tends to be that God is good, that God is gracious. Yeah, yeah. Um, our podcast right now, that sounds fun. That right. possibly <laughs> gives someone a slight indication of the lens yeah. through which you believe How God allows us to see <laughs> life and, and Jesus invites us to an abundant purpose-driven life. So yep. I would say when someone then like me and you feel a pause on the inside, mm -hmm. uh, we know it, it is likely to be the Lord because we're not likely to try to make totally. our life that much harder for ourselves. That's okay? right. So it's not, <laughs> now people with a different Enneagram number potentially might be like yeah. where they're, they're given. And I know people, I come from a staunch Greek Orthodox background, so I certainly know mm -hmm. some people that have grown up in a religious culture where you think if it's not hard, it's not God. Mm -hmm. And we got to work over time with those people to go, no, God actually wants to bless you yeah. and, and God loves you. And oftentimes your gifts and your talents and your purpose align. Mm -hmm. But you know, th there comes a time for all of us. And I, and I don't want anyone to think it's just one time right. because right. I, I'm 55 and by God's grace, I think predominantly operating in the will of God mm -hmm. and doing things that I've loved. Like, you know, um, by God's grace, I've gotten to travel the world and preach in, you know, 59 countries, I think, and preach the gospel 
and see the nations. Uh, my husband and I have had the privilege of planting three churches in, you know, Thessaloniki, Greece, in mm-hmm. Sofia, Bulgaria, in Warsaw, Poland. Um, A21 has got offices all around the world. And then we have um, Propel is in um, 110 countries all oh, around gosh. the world. And, you know, so you just go, I, I, I've lived the dream. Yeah. But it's been really difficult mm-hmm. and very painful mm-hmm. and very costly. And I've had to die daily and crucify my, my flesh, you know. And, um, and then God invites me again because the prayers I did pray in my 20s. And, you know, I go back, Annie, way before you were all born. I'm back with the dinosaurs. It was sort of like <laughs> Keith Green vinyl records. Yes, yes. Um, Keith Green, no compromise, you know. And I'd be weeping as a 22-year-old with my vinyl g- going around, you know, make mm. my life a prayer to you. I want to mm-hmm. do what you want me to. No mm-hmm. empty words and no white lies, no token prayers, no token, you know, yeah. no compromise. I want to die and let you give your life to me that I might live. I mean, you know, if I could sing, everyone, I would. But, but I've got Keith playing in my head. But I remember hours like weeping and and really meaning those prayers. So then you get to 50 and um, you have success as the world would view success. Yeah. Um, you have achieved a lot of things that you you thought you couldn't have dreamt, like that beyond. Jesus did Ephesians 3.20 exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. And so now you can cruise control and most people would not even notice mm. um there's you know oftentimes so little discernment in the body of christ that most people and the balls are rolling oh, the books are selling the events are, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. and you're you're talking and so right. and you're just you're going on gift and you're going on talent but you're not pressing on mm-hmm, by faith mm-hmm. empowered by the holy spirit now you know and god knows but people don't know. Yeah. And so the fact is, and I don't, we don't talk about this a lot in Christianity. It's probably important yeah. that we do because, yeah. um, and then, and that's really what sparked the whole book because then it yeah. was like, I could take my foot off the gas and most people would not know. Right. They wouldn't know. Um, but Jesus would know. So Chris Kane, in the secret place now where nobody else resides, it's you and Jesus. Is Jesus still worthy enough mm. that you're willing to do maybe what, you don't want to do because it's going to continue to advance the gospel. It's going to continue to take, you know, the gospel forward. Um, and are you willing then to sacrifice some of the things you might want in your fifties mm-hmm. coming into your sixties? Um, Chris, are you willing to be misunderstood out there? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to be maligned out there? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to be misrepresented? Because that's what it's going to cost. Yes. But my gospel will go forth and more people will be reached so, Chris, it's up to you. Mm. And no, God's loving and kind. He's not going to expose me. But I am going to cross that finish line one day and I'm going to look at him face to face. And um, he's still going to love me. That's not the issue. But he's going to know and I'm going to know. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's the secret place. Uh, whether you're 20 and you just became a Christian and you're listening to this or yeah. you've been walking with the Lord like me for decades, yeah. it doesn't change. It's still a daily decision to die daily. And Jesus, after he'd done the will of the Father his whole life, I mean, I mean Jesus is the only one that could say, uh, whatever you you see me doing, that's what the Father's, uh, yeah. just so you know. I don't miss. Just I don't so miss. you know, I'm batting a thousand <laughs> yeah. and that's the way that this yeah. works. And I'm about my Father's business. He said it all the way through. Whatever you see me do, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I do. That's mm-hmm. it. And then it comes to his last night on the planet and he's, I don't want to do this. And I'm figuring if Jesus gets to that place, uh, I don't have to, you know, self-flagellate and go, Chris, you're really bad. Like, oh my gosh, Chris, 
what's wrong with you? That, you know, but it's like, okay, there's the invitation again. Um, I think we, I think we, we periodically have to come to Gethsemane again and again. Mm. Yes. Hey, friends, I'm just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Brooklinen. If a lot of your time is still being spent at home, then make your home as comfortable as possible, a refuge. It's why I did my porch renovation last year. Your home should feel like an oasis, especially these days. So go ahead and max out on those extra soft sheets, super plush towels, and loungewear. You can get the best of all of it from Brooklinen. Brooklinen was started to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg, and y'all, they have done it. Brooklinen works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you just without the luxury level markups. So you get their amazing array of products at a reasonable price. Brooklinen has something for your every comfort need, ideal for adding some new items to this new season since they're launching new products, colors, and patterns all the time. Their sheets are to die for. They are so soft and breathable. They're the ones I keep on my bed at home all the time because I love them so much. Their towels are so fluffy and absorbent and like feels so fancy and their robes and loungewear are so cozy you want to put them on and never take them off they're so confident in their core products that they've come with a 365 day warranty and fans are confident too they've received over 75,000 plus five-star reviews and counting including me and the reviews are in that their customer service is top-notch too so give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at brooklinen go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code that sounds fun to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code that sounds fun for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Chris. I uh, Sometimes I look back at my journals from my teenage years and I will say to God, you believed her. I I would not yeah. be brave enough to pray that today, but you're answering her prayers, yeah. and I would I would say take them back. Yeah, like forty year old Andy right. would say, seventeen year old Andy didn't know what that was going to cost, and I don't know that I have the guts to pray it now. But you believed her. That's it. And I'm living out your answered prayers now that I wouldn't be brave enough to pray as a forty year old. And that's the deal, and that's the challenge with us. See, you look at most people got older and stop praying those prayers. Really, I, I look at only the example of Caleb. He was 85. Oh, I love Caleb so much. So at 85, so uh-huh. he's come out of Egypt. He's crossed the Red Sea. He's stayed alive in the wilderness. And, you know, the Bible says, because my servant Caleb had a different spirit in him. So yes. he obviously didn't murmur, grumble, and complain. We know that he he was, we are well able to take the land. You know, he's he like a the seven, guy. eight or an eight, seven, yeah, right? Gotta be, Certainly. gotta be. And then though, he, he lived with all those complainers for mm-hmm. all those 40 years. Then he went into the promised land and he helped all the tribes inherit the land. You would think, I'm going to cash in my 401k and right. just, you know, and yet at 85, he says, no, 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 I'm not doing that, um, Joshua, because see, Moses promised me Hebron. Mm. And I know I've done all this stuff, man. I've seen the Red Sea part. I've stayed. Uh, I've been here in the wilderness, and w- I've watched the River Jordan be pushed back. I saw and the he walls must of Jericho little when the down. Red Sea must parted, have been, right? Because only him and Joshua came out. Yeah, and so uh, at the, and went in. They're yeah, the yeah, only yeah, ones yeah, that yeah. came out and went in. Yeah, and you go all of that, and yet he still said. And I've seen, and this is how I feel, Annie. I look at your generation. I think 
I've seen amazing. I've seen Red Seas Park. Yeah. In my generation as a Christian, I've been very blessed. In Australia, I've seen revivals. I've seen Red Seas Park. I've seen provision in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I've seen the River Jordans go back. I've seen Jericho walls come down mm. nonstop. I've seen so many people possess their promised land. And then I get to this point and I go, so Chris Kane, you were, you and Keith Green on your vinyl record in your bedroom, uh-huh. in your government assisted housing house that was X square foot in the back of Sydney, Australia. Nobody knew you. None of this was real. Weeping and sobbing before the Lord on your knees going, mate, I'll do anything. No compromise, no token prayers, no compromise. So at 55, doing what you do, are you now willing yet again to dig deep, keep your foot on the gas, keep pressing on, Mm -hmm. forgetting those things that lie behind, I press on that I might lay hold of all of that for which Christ Jesus laid a hold of me and stay anchored because, Chris, this is what drifting will look like for you. At my age, Annie, I always say, you know, I'm postmenopausal. I'm not likely to go and at this point in my life feel like um, committing some big immorality. Listen, I I just don't even have the hormones for it at this point. I always go, it's easier to stay morally pure after menopause. (laughs) So, yeah, you find all, it's all the older people talking about moral purity. It's like, yeah, honey, because your hormones are gone. So it's easy. Like you're putting all this guilt and condemnation on all these poor teenagers that have got all these hormones going on. And so, you know, you find it's a lot easier. So it's not likely to be that. I'm not saying impossible. All of us could do anything, but a lot less uh, likely. So I'm not likely to go and do some big thing that's going to, you know, blow everything up at this point. But um, issues of my heart and not pressing on mm. to really keep going, yeah, that, that's how drifting would be manifest in my life at this mm-hmm. point. We think people are, have drifted once they post on social media, I've walked away from Jesus, you know, and we see that every other day now. It's like, it's like you know, that, that's what you do. Yes. But we could drift in a whole lot of different ways, right. way before we've ever posted <laughs> my yep. deconstruction story on social media. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other ways of drifting. And I think you've got to do self-checks all the time. And, and I'm so open in this book because I'm like, y'all, I don't know if I can give you anything. And I could say at 55, the one thing I will tell you, there is no doubt that Jesus holds. There is no doubt that he is who he says he is, that in, he is light. In him, there is no darkness. I've seen, I've lived long enough. I've disappointed a whole lot of people. I myself um, have failed. I've made mistakes that I've had to acknowledge, repent of, get right, make right. Mm-hmm. We all have, you know, like the, the fact is I've, I've um, let people down, um, not followed through. I mean, make the list, you yep. know, I, all of those things. And we have all been part of systems and structures that we've been disappointed and we've seen hypocrisy and we've seen abuse and we've seen um, things not be as they should have been. So so we've, all of us have, have both done it and been on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm, and so I think mm-hmm. um, it would be foolish to say that that's not true. So that's real. That's, that's reality. That's the world we live in. And we're all working to make the world a better place um, in the same way I'm trying to become more Christ-like. You know, I'm putting traffickers in jail and rescuing. You, yeah. you, you're trying to do your bit. You, you're yep. doing it all. Oh, my gosh. You're like, I put people in jail. I'm just trying to do my bit. <laughs> yeah, but we're all just a little we're, corner. But, but, I mean, and doing it as a flawed person, you know, yeah. and doing it as a, someone that disappoints other people and lets people yeah, down. So, sure. so, so doing it all at the same time and trying to, like everybody else, just make it. I say all that to go, all that. Jesus still holds. So what mm. I need to stay anchored to and connected to and not drift from is Jesus. A lot of us, because people or things have let us down, we've walked away from God. And I'm like, y'all, it wasn't him. 
And there are things that keep us connected to him. So when you throw away the things that keep you connected to him, you will inevitably walk away from him. Mm. That's just the way that it happens. So I like... That may be why I like practices so much, Chris, is I feel like the practices tie me to the mast of the ship. (laughs) Literally. I have to keep doing it I'm or the same. I am going to get blown off of this and thing. And I'm the same. And I mean, you're a seven, eight, so you guys tend to be a bit more squirrel, you know, yeah. than I am, but I still need it. And, um, and I think in my case, it's like, I'm, I'm a hardcore eight, uh, but I, um, very tender hearted and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've overcome a lot of brokenness in my life and I, and I'm not so healed this side of eternity, Annie, that I don't need Jesus. Like mm. what? How healed am I now that, that I don't need the Lord every single day? So there's one thing to sing, you're all I need. And Jesus is. Yeah. And then to go, listen, guys, I've got nothing better for you. I, I can give you good principles and tips. So listen, can I grow a global organization by the grace of God? Um that is still like, you know, I'm talking to you today. We just put eight traffickers in jail in Greece yesterday. Um, we have got more victims in our care at A21 this year during a global pandemic than ever before in the history of A21. Hundreds and hundreds of people rescued, dozens of traffickers in jail, 15 officers around the world as we talk yeah. right at this point and continuing to open. So, yes, can I do that? And can I give you leadership principles and tips and organizational systems? tips and ideas. Yes. And, um, you know, helping to empower women and see women fulfill their potential all over the world. Yes, 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 yes. But I'm still saying none of that's enough. None of that's enough because I, I, and I don't have enough drive in me to keep Mm. that going. Um, if at this point in my life, it's not in response to obedience to Jesus for the cause of the gospel, there's no compelling vision big enough to keep me getting out of bed. Wow. The gospel or nothing. The gospel or nothing. That's where I've gotten to. Yeah. All of the other things that I thought maybe were ultimate things are good things, mm-hmm. great things even. Mm-hmm. I'd go as far as to say great things and give me a sense of satisfaction and joy. Not enough at 55 to keep getting out of bed and going yeah. foot on the gas, 100 miles an hour yeah. for what mine is. You know, for Jesus, nothing, nothing else is compelling enough but the gospel of I mean, the Lord Jesus gotta Christ. I mean, there's got to be so many pastors listening, young moms listening, single men and women listening, going in their lives, if the gospel doesn't move forward, we don't have it to give anymore. We don't have it to give. I just don't have enough. But if it, but if it moves the gospel forward, I mean, that's what I've had to say in my life is if this moves the gospel forward and I do not know until I'm facing Jesus, I would rather risk that this is moving the gospel forward and let him tell me when we get there. And you're saying it, and I love that because you're making this so practical to everyone. So that mother that is so frustrated with that teenager, that Mm -hmm. single mom that goes, is this really worth it? You're trying to make it another day with this kid. I'm going, yes, Mm -hmm. because it's for the sake of the generations and the gospel. So I don't want it to think that it has to be human trafficking or doing whatever. It's, you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm turning up to that minimum wage job because yes. I'm saying yes, yes. Because it could be one customer. One customer, one, one person. Yep. Yep. And I think I'm not just making this up. I'm, I'm saying in the marrow of my bones, I believe this. And I think that, that's really what's in this book. It's like in the marrow of my bones, I have nothing else for you. So I'm not going to fix this world. That's why Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I wish I could fix all the injustices in the earth. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I could. I wish... Um, that we could see more equity and I wish we could see more opportunity. But I just work in too many countries where I just see so much injustice 
and I'm doing my bit. I would be overwhelmed by it, Annie. I, I would, there is no way I could get up tomorrow, right. um, let alone what I see just even here in America, what we've gone mm-hmm. through, you know, mm-hmm. in the last, particularly the last year, but the last five years. Mm-hmm. But then I could make, you know, even even heightened experiences in many other countries of the world that you never read about in the American news. Right. But it right. is tragic. I have officers, the things that I'm hearing from my staff every single week. I'd be in a fetal position sucking my thumb in bed like mm-hmm. if, if I just thought this is it. Oh, there is no hope and I'm yeah. 55. I'm running out of time. And I thought that there's only one hope and it's Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, and there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. And my love for Jesus doesn't abdicate me from any responsibility of making this world a better place because I love him. Mm-hmm. It compels me to mm-hmm. do more. That's, that's what compels me to open another A21 office. Mm-hmm. That's what compels me to continue to inspire women and to continue to preach in churches to help build the body and bring the body to maturity. Uh, it's not a career, it's a calling. Mm. And I'm compelled by that calling. I'm not driven by a career. I'm drawn by a calling. I'm drawn by the voice that says, follow me. But Chris, the way is narrow mm. and um, it's costly. It mm-hmm. continues to be costly. You don't arrive just because in some segments of the Christian ch- church, there's a Christian subculture and a Christian industry. I'm, I'm not I'm not bowed down to an industry. I, mm-hmm. I am following a calling and the calling is Jesus. And I use the tools of our modern society to mm-hmm. reach this world, I'm mm-hmm. not, but I'm not a slave to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm using it for the gospel. So my deal is that we got to make a decision of are we going to keep denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following mm-hmm. Him, because it's in losing our life that we will gain it, and it's in gaining. Uh, you know, um, when we gain it, we're going to lose it. So mm-hmm. the fact is, that is the call to discipleship that hasn't changed from the scripture, and. You're just going to have to make up your mind every day. You know, to me, one of the most sobering scriptures and in the whole Bible is John 666. And some of you are going to be freaking out going, she just said 666. (laughs) And it's like John 666 where Jesus had just done a really hard teaching um, on, you know, um, what it costs to follow him and, yeah. you know, and, and on him being, you got to drink of my blood, you got to eat, and eat of my bread and people are like, oh my gosh, are you like, are we cannibals? You know, like right. it's this freaky teaching about basically an all in Christianity, mm-hmm. which means, you know, it's, this is no half thing. And the Bible says that there were disciples and there was a huge crowd and it says, and that day many turned away and stopped following Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's John six sixty six. So you that's when you have hung up in your uh, office. That's it, <laughs> that's it. And I do at this point because it's like Chris and he had just done a whole bunch of miracles. He'd just yeah. fe- done the loaves and fishes, done yeah. all these. They love the, the crowds They love came. that stuff. We love the miracles. Right. We love the healings. <laughs> we love the provision. Can you do that again? You know, Walking on water. We hear that's really cool. The bread, the water to wine. We love that. Do oh, my gosh. This. That, that oh, Jesus. That we love that we guy. We love him. <laughs> but now you're like, I've got to like eat of your flesh and yeah. drink of your blood. And like people are going to hate me and I'm going to have to yeah. die. Like, are you yep. serious? And um, then it's like. So, you know, before there was like an unfollow button on Twitter, Jesus Jesus actually was the he, the instigator of the unfollow. Right. And so it was like um, he was unfollowed. And I think a lot of us are so unwilling to be unfollowed mm. that we won't, um, that we will unfollow Jesus to continue to be followed by people. Ooh, boy. And so that is a very big challenge. And I'm faced with that, you know, and those of us that have any any sense. Uh, um, but it happens to anyone. Some of us, it could be you could have two friends and you're not That's willing right. to lose your friends. That's right. Or you could have a very big social media platform. And um, the degree, certainly not to be offensive to people, but for the cause of the gospel, and there's a difference between just being an arrogant, rude human being mm-hmm. and actually 
out of love and grace and mercy, being integrous to the gospel. So, we're yes. ta- of course, we're saying those two things are different. But the degree to which you are willing to be unfollowed by people, you can keep following Jesus mm. in our modern day. And, um, and, you know, some of the people that will unfollow you are people that you love so dearly and you've built relationships with so dearly and you know you're going to be <laughs> misrepresented and misunderstood and maligned. Mm-hmm. And um, you go, just be easier to stick my head in the sand. Have everyone love me and go, uh, I'm gonna I'd be probably more applauded if I went, I'll go open a taverna in Santorini yeah. <laughs> or for the gospel, and I'm just gonna love people. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. People go, Yay, Chris, you've done yeah. so much. What you're doing is awesome. But to go, whoa, just to keep really going and um proclaiming the gospel to the best of my understanding of, you know, what that is and loving people, that that's that's costly. Chris, you said to me, are you right about in the book? the loss of a friendship, a betrayal yeah. of a friendship. And I remember at a dinner not long ago, you said, call me when when a friendship falls apart. Call me when, because I, you could walk us yeah. through that, other people through that. Can you, there are got to be some of our friends listening who are losing friendships yeah. because of political stuff, because yeah. of a betrayal. I mean, because of something personal or something global. It's huge. You know, I just think um, that scripture in the Psalms that says, it would have been easier if my enemy came against me. But when it was my friend, the person that I walked up to the house of God with, you got to know what to do with that. It's so deeply painful. And I also, and you always have to be very careful because, you know, because I was left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted when I was born, that sort of rejection. Now, of course, you know, I'm a little bit Pentecostal, so I'm going to say the spirit of rejection. So so we've got, um, you know, I have to be very conscious because I, I, I can feel that viscerally at, at yes. a level. And this friendship and sort of this person turning um, happened at the exact same time that um, my mum died. So when you think, when I think in 2016, my mum died, then we had a very volatile political situation here in yes. America. Yes. And then, um, you know, a whole bunch of other people died. And then this friend sort of turned and it all happened together. So, of course, yeah. I was already vulnerable and it was like layer upon layer. It ripped. I don't remember anything. This is a very strong uh, comment that I'm going to make, but it's, it's. I think I could say it very truthfully. I can't think of anything in my life that so deeply, deeply ripped me apart to the point that I thought I was going to make it. This includes being abused. Really? This includes everything. Then that incident, what yeah. it did to me emotionally and in my heart, wow. which is why I didn't think, which is why I'm probably still very tender. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly the other side of it, but I think I may walk with this limp forever of, of just how deeply and viscerally this impacted me. Mm. And I, so, of course, did I find God at the bottom of this pit? Yes. Did it in any way <laughs> make the pain any less. No, mm. no, and not at all. And so th- that friendship, um, be, I, and I, you know, I don't even know that it was, when I say the the loss and the readjustment, realignment of that friendship, mm-hmm. I don't even think it was the person that I missed as much as the potential of what that could have been. Mm. And I think it's, um, I, of course, the person, yes, that I loved and, and, and just shared so much of life with, so much yeah. joy with. So that was awesome. Um, 
So of course, there was that loss because I had really learned to lean on this person. Yes. And, you know, there are so few people that I really spiritually can lean on. And and, and most of us, you know, we, there's only a very small group that you really, really can be your true self with. Mm. So to lose that is a huge loss. But also to lose some of the things that I thought we were going to do for the kingdom in the future. Mm-hmm. I would say I grieved that loss more than even the loss of the person. And I I wasn't sure how I would recover that. Because Did it, it parallel with divorce? Some you think, I mean, I know we have a great way to phrase it. it. That's a great. The worst breakup of yeah. my life yep. is with a friend. Yeah. Far more than any man I've ever ended, had a relationship end with. Yes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think sometimes we're scared to say that in case someone thinks, well, that's a bit weird. Right. But no, I'm I'm married. Um, and, you know, Nick and I are so close. This was entirely different, um, entirely different, but. But Deeply ripping. wounding, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think if you're in true relationship and what you perceive to be a covenant relationship mm-hmm. with someone, um, then a marriage is one of those, but there are many other different relationships yeah. and I think people could feel it when they're um, working together in a business or a mission or a mm-hmm. friendship. There are sort of certain relationships that, you know, this, this is at another level. It's more mm-hmm. of a covenant. We're invested heart, soul into this. Um, and when that's ripped apart, yeah. oh, like, and you, I think the grief is as much for what it could have been yeah. than what you lost. Yes. I, I had not thought about that, but the grief of, I would imagine our friends who lose a marital partner yep. goes, not only am I grieving losing you, I'm grieving what I thought the next 30 years Definitely. were going to be. Definitely. And I think you can have that in friendship. I think mm-hmm. in the loss of a job, a business relationship, yeah. uh, you know, there's numerous different relationships, but yes. And I think if you can put it in that place, so that grief that would have happened March 2017 was when I got the text yeah. <laughs> that triggered it. Um, so, and you know, here we are four years later. Certainly. I'm May I, 2006. Yours is 2006? Yeah. So you, I, that's you how you remember. It. I yeah. can tell March 2017. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know that I'll ever forget. Yeah. Because there's not a day that in some way I don't think mm-hmm. of it because it mm-hmm. I was so heavily invested in it. Um, but I can say, so someone's listening to this, oh, Chris, give me some hope. I can give you this side, the the, the sort of visceral, physical pain, that, mm. that definitely. And I ask the Holy Spirit regularly. Sometimes I feel like maybe I'm spiraling and I, I, mm. I'll have a moment of missing what that might have been. I'll ask the Holy Spirit. I'll say, can you fill that gap? Can you yes. fill that place for me? Because it's deeply painful. And I found I do that and he does that. Yes, yeah. that's right. Hey friends, just taking a short break from the conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Liquid IV. If you watch my Insta stories, you've seen these words on our walls, or if you have one of our hoodies, you've worn these words, but some of the values we try to live by are work hard, pray hard, rest hard, play hard. We love the work we do, but we also want to balance it with rest and play. And see, when we push our bodies too hard or we start feeling run down, we limit how much fun we can have and how much good we can do on this planet. I think it's extremely important to take care of ourselves with the proper vitamins and nutrients. And that's why our friends at Liquid IV created Hydration Multiplier plus immune support to maintain and strengthen your immune system. I'm usually a morning Liquid IV gal because it helps me stay hydrated and feeling good all day. I love the new Hydration Multiplier Plus because it's got vitamin C and zinc that support your health and it boosts your immune system. Plus the natural tangerine flavor tastes awesome. 
This blend is powered by cellular transport technology, which is designed to help your body absorb water and other nutrients faster through the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. It's the perfect balance to help you strengthen your immune system more quickly and effectively. And I'm a fan of any way to support my immune system these days. So grab your energy liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code that sounds fun at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code that sounds fun at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Chris. So the whole book is about anchors and yes. about not drifting. So will you, in con- connection with this conversation, will you talk about how lament is actually an anchor? It, to me, lament is something that I'm afraid of sometimes, because what if it takes me farther from the Lord to say how sad or disappointed or frustrated I really am? How does lament actually bring us closer? Yeah, and I think it's because you're being uh, so sincere with the Lord. Now, here's the deal, and I really talked about this in the book, because I think a lot of times, because people often see, you know, the strong upfront Chris Kane, they're like, yeah. what, what do you mean Chris Kane lament? I'm, right. lament. So I'm like, right. y'all, okay, I realized I need to start talking about all this stuff more because <laughs> I just think, of course you would know that yeah. I do this because how do you think I've stuck with this for 30 years, yes. you know? So now I'm realizing, oh, okay, you don't. So let me tell you. And so, you know, there's an anchor. So the, the Bible says that Jesus is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul. So hope is anchored in Christ. Mm. But as with every anchor, there are links in a chain that keep you connected to the anchor. And so lament is one of those links in that chain where you go, okay. And I think what we've seen is what we've seen. And this is why some of us are scared. So I'm going to put it out here because Annie, you're the same. So I love this. I'm not ever afraid of the truth is you just put it out there and you go, okay, if you are in genuine, authentic relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what's going to happen. You are not going to sort of go to him, pour your heart out to him. If need be, yell, scream. He's, mm. he's okay. He can handle all of that and read the Psalms. And it's it, it's very real. You're not going to do all of that and then go, oh, my gosh, then I'm going to find out he's not real because you're going to have some people go, well, I just started to really ask questions. And then I just started and then I just realized he's not real and I've been believing. no. I would actually really question whether you really, really had a relationship Mm. with Jesus in the first place. Because if you really do, here is my point. You can go to him with anything and he is not going to walk away from you. He's not going to turn his back on you. Um, Can I just say even in that moment of deep grief, pain, suffering, yelling, screaming, even if what you're saying is not right and how you're saying it is not right, in that moment, He's not about to tell you it's not right. It's, he's going to wrap his arms around right. you. I just need you to know that it's okay. It's like when I'm one of my daughters is like freaking out and it's not right there in that moment. I am not about to say to her, I don't like how you're saying the mm. wrong things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm normally going to put my arms around her and or just lie by her on the bed yeah. and let her just scream and shout about what happened with her friend at school and, Mm. you know, and even if I'm like secretly doing an eye roll while she can't (laughs) see me because I'm thinking like really, and maybe Jesus does secret eye rolls, I don't know, when we're not looking, but I'm like, no, but but because knowing you will get through this, like knowing like I'm going to get in that moment of the love of the arms and the, all of that is what sometimes I think uh, we forget that he is so willing to do. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying you're going to get an answer in that moment, but I am saying that he will be with you in that moment. Yes. I am saying that whether you feel him viscerally or not, mm-hmm. he will. 
And that is not going to take you away from him. Just like my daughter's doing that isn't going to take them away from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not I'm always going to be their mother and I'm right there. So then when people go, well, I started with that and then I got no answers and then, you know, I started googling on the internet and going down YouTube rabbit holes and I found out suddenly all these new revelations that nobody has known in 2000 years of Christianity and so, you know, and then I just discovered everything I ever thought about God was wrong. Mm. I'm like that is not likely to happen. Right. Okay, that's that's I'm just putting it out there because that is not likely. Uh, right. Let me just tell you, as a big sister or a mother, for some of you, thirty years on in this track, there's not anything I haven't gone to God with, mm. and there are plenty of times that um, it has never been pretty. I mean, look at me and listen to me. There's nothing sweet. There's nothing sweet about my voice. There's nothing sweet about my like I like either. you know. It's like so. It is as raw as a gets. Um, and you know, when that thing happened with my friend, I didn't think one ounce of that was fair. Mm. <laughs> and God certainly knows how I felt about all of that. Yeah. And uh, unedited version, unedited. Yeah. And that spiraled me for a lot of months. And you, you'll read parts of that. I mean, I'm, uh, to a panic attack on my balcony. And, um, you know, there was a point where I had to go to my elders and um, our board. I had didn't say this in the book, but you know, I, I, I did not know if I could continue in ministry. Like I was just so broken. And then some other things happened and I just thought, I, I don't know that I want to keep turning up for this or if I can, not even like, yes. I, like, can I actually keep turning up for this? And, um, I can tell you all in the midst of that, uh, Jesus was there. He's there. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. He's there. That's it. I mean, because so I would imagine all of us have had a day where we thought, I can't do this again. And then you go, but I, but I will. Yeah. I can't, but I will. Be- and, and I had a friend recently say to me, um, he was talking about professional athletes. He said, talent gets them there. Obsession keeps them there. Wow. And I thought, and so I've been thinking about it all weekend. Like, what am I obsessed with that keeps me here? And I hope my answer, I think my answer is like, I'm just so obsessed with Jesus because he is who he says he is. He's the only one that's, that's everything it. that he says he is. Totally. And so the days that I can't, I will. Exactly. Because, and, and, and you don't have to try to work it up or whatever. It's just, you sort of make up your mind ahead of time and I just will. That's, yeah. I, I, I just will. Nevertheless, not my will. Yes. But yours. And this is your will. So you're going to give me the grace to do it. It doesn't mean I have to feel like doing it. Doesn't even mean initially that I will like doing it. I think what we have done, and listen, I'm all about all this stuff. Okay, so um, I have staff. We we do so many personality profiles and yep. strength finders and enneagrams and all, all the stuff. And, and, and all of that are great tools to help us. But I do need to tell you that because we've spent the last twenty years in the church for very good reason, um, helping people understand that your gifts and your talents and your likes, a lot of that will be so aligned with what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. But you mix that with a worldly fleshy entitlement of I should always feel great about what I'm doing and I should always only be doing what I want to do, mm. then you're going to end up with a Christianity that's not the Christianity of the Bible. Wow. Because the fact is that it is costly. And yes, God delights in us. And yes, because you're always going to hear me say this because I do believe it, that the, that it's the Christian life is an abundant life. It's a passionate life. It's a purpose-driven life. God gives good gifts to his children. There's mm. great joy and happiness even to be encountered. Yes, 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 and yes. And you have to die daily, take up your cross yes. and follow him. And yes, there are some intense, of course, it's not always, yeah. but there are some intense Gethsemane moments 
that are deal breakers, mm-hmm. that are that are intersections in your life. Nevertheless, not my will, but you. No. So I didn't have like years like 2017 and 18 every year. Right. But, okay, because I wouldn't be able to function. Like none of us right. would. But do you still, after 30 years of following Jesus, mm-hmm. lots of great opportunities, lots of great successes, and some really big public failures, like in, in, do you still have to get to the place where you go, nevertheless, not my will, yeah. but thine? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's all I could say. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> our, um, our friends can listen to a whole another 30 minutes with us on your live stream event yes. that we'll link to because you did a teaching where you went deeper into how did I get here and, t- and told some other ways that yes. I want, I just want them to see, because everything you said in that 30 minutes, I'm like working to not make you repeat because <laughs> I'm like, I want everybody to hear that too. So we'll make sure to link to right, it. Yeah, awesome. um, but I, the thing I didn't get to ask you about in that is A21. And you're saying, yeah. I mean, arrest people arrested yesterday in a pandemic. This is going to sound like an uneducated yeah. question. Was trafficking the same, more, less when we were all trapped in our homes? Yeah, this is the the big, I really tried to get this message out during the pandemic. The, the thing that doesn't stop, even during a global pandemic, when we're trapped in our home, is um, injustice. So that lives well and true. The, they don't care about masks. They don't, they care, don't about care about masks. About <laughs> the creative ways. I mean, there's Ugh. a particular country in Asia um, where things were supposed to be in total lockdown, just yeah. like, you know, we, and um, just last week... Um, a brothel that they had put 17, 12-year-old boys in <gasps> to work all the way through it, the most horrific thing that you could think of. Um, and just, anyway, I, 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 I'm not privy to say too much, but the, the point is the way they were operating them and then um, the way through the internet, giving people addresses at where they could go and say that they were going to get shopping supplies during <gasps> the pandemic, but then on the way visit these illegal yeah, underground it's it's just sickening and I could I, I we could spend an entire yeah. episode and I could tell you about what happened through the pandemic the rescues just horrific what mm-hmm. the, the just when I think human depravity when I think okay I, I've seen and I have seen a lot in yeah. 15 years and the pandemic opened me to entire I would have guessed it was the levels. opposite no. like everybody was stuck at home no 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 not at all how can we learn more about A21? They, the global summit I watched that yeah. changed me. I texted you. I was like, uh, Chris. It was there. <laughs> I'm in. I, and I really want to encourage people to go to A21.org because we're okay. always uploading great new videos that yes. are great education videos. There's great resources. There's 21 things you could do today. Like you could be a stay-at-home mom going, what can I do, Chris, mm-hmm. in the back of uh, – there are 21 things you could do today that don't cost money. That's just yeah. here is a way you yeah. could practically – I'm very big – pragmatist. This yep. is what you can do where yep. you are with what you have. Um, and together we can make a difference. So the website is so comprehensive yep. that I would think, um, uh, and really easy to navigate and wherever you're at, if you like to read stuff, you can read stuff. If you want to watch yeah. stuff, watch stuff, long stuff, long form, short mm-hmm. form, whatever you want, it's all there for anybody. Yeah. It just is. I think it's really important for us to put things like a 21 in our Instagram feed and you and in our Instagram and kind of just don't forget that because you went to a soccer game this morning and you did your groceries and then went home that there was not 17, 12, 12 year old boys being abused on, around the clock. Well, absolutely. And if you're watching this and you're um, in North America um, I would really, uh, listening to this, I would really um, recommend that you go and you watch the Can You See Me video that's all about iPhones and smartphones yep. and um, 
texting and how traffickers are exploiting vulnerable children. And I'm talking when I say vulnerable children, that's any kid. Yes. Um, and any I kid want with you to see those yep. videos because you don't even realize what's going on in your teenage kid's bedroom mm. um, on their phone and how vulnerable they are to trafficking and they're sleeping in their own bed every night and you've got no idea what's going on. So I really recommend um, that you do that. Don't think it's just something happening in Asia or Eastern Europe or with just at-risk young kids Mm -hmm. here in America. It's your own child is extremely vulnerable. So if you're a parent or an aunt, uncle, friend, and you know any, I, I would educate yourself the more you're aware Um, the better you can be at helping prevention within your sphere of influence. Yeah, of course. Um, I would ask you, is there anything we didn't talk about? But there's like everything we didn't talk. I'm like, Chris, we could do a 10-part series. I think so. (laughs) I just, I love you so much. I'm so thankful for how you teach faithfulness. I feel like a lot of people pick different things that that they'll be known for. And in my life, you will be known for faithfulness to Jesus. Man, I couldn't ask for anything better. You're going to make me cry. I pray that, man. I'm not... Perfect, but I'm quick to own my mistakes and and want to make it right. Yeah. And I want to, I want to cry. And especially you get to my age, man, you you look. And I plan to run hard. Yeah. Um, but I, that finish line is more and more in sight. Um, and I want to hear. I can't even. T- you become actually even more obsessed with wanting to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. You want to hear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay, the last question we always ask. Such a sharp right <laughs> turn, but I'm not above it. <laughs> no, no, I do it to no, Francis Chan. <laughs> I do it to you. I do it to everybody. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Yep. Now that the world's opening, yes. not open, tell me what sounds fun to y'all. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm already planning um, to go to Santorini. Santorini's my okay. favorite place on planet Earth. So, you know, Greek food, uh, Greek wine, uh, sitting overlooking the caldera in Santorini, Greece, that sounds like a lot, with my family and you yeah. know my kids are at that age um, and they want to be with us so yes. I'm thinking I feel like parenting win 19 yes. and 15 and yes. their first choice is to be with us that sounds fun yes I agree and your oldest star is doing some cooking on the internet girl she is obsessed <laughs> and she loves it she's really good at it she so yeah really she's good. really really good I love it well I can't wait for people to get how do I get here and to get the online experience too because yeah. I think I think these all combine three parts that can just really help us to, in 30 years, see the fruit of the work you're doing and tomorrow. With the world shifting and the current shifting, we've got to do what we can to stay angry. I mean, this is like no joke. This isn't like, oh, this is a nice message. I'm like, y'all, this is like life and death. We've got to hang on. That's right. I love you. Thanks for doing this. You guys, don't you love her? My gracious, it is like a fire cracker. She is a firecracker, Christine Kane. I love her so much. Okay, go ahead. Pre-order How Did I Get Here that comes out on June 8th. If you actually get your ticket to the June 10th event, the live stream, you get a copy of the book along with it. So just go to howdidigetherebook.com and get a copy of the book and a ticket to the event. And it's our last episode before we get to see a bunch of you guys at Dollywood for That Sounds Fun Day this Saturday. I absolutely cannot wait. Listen, if you have your tickets, you should have gotten an email about all the details, but I also made all that info a highlight on my Insta stories. So you can find it there. It's a post. It was in my stories and it is in the Dollywood highlights. So all the information you need for Dollywood this weekend is available on my Instagram. If you did not get the email. 
If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you Saturday at Dollywood, and we'll see you back here on Monday with Michelle Williams. Yes, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. Y'all are absolutely going to love getting to know her. We'll see you guys then.